I'm Paul Moore here with Herman Eben, and we are Great Relationships, Pursuing the Best in Work, in Life, in Love. Right thinking, right relationships, right now. Okay, Herman, you promised me that this time together you were going to tell me about the V principle, because last time we were talking about hierarchy of principles, you said that love, not freedom, is the highest principle. Absolutely. In fact, what we end up missing so much of the time is how we distort our freedom and make it irresponsible because we're missing out that love is the highest principle. Okay, but you said the V principle. (laughs) V principle. Hang in there, bud. (laughs) We'll get there. We'll tell you how all that means. But let's pray first before we talk about anything else. Lord, thank you so much that, again, you are our guide. You are the one that is the example for all things and especially for relationships because you show us that you're not demanding anything out of us. You're asking us, encouraging us, because it is the best way when we do it your way. In your precious name, amen. Hey, Bill, you raised a great group of kids. I could really use some parenting advice. Sure, Steve. What's your question? And what are you doing with all those funnels? Debbie and I have been going through some parenting classes at the church, and the teacher was discussing something he called the V principle. It looks sort of like a funnel. That must be the same class Lauren and I took many years ago. We learned all about the V principle, how it lets you set boundaries that are more restrictive when the kids are young, and allows you more freedom when they get older. But it also lets you set clear consequences if the kids stray outside the boundaries. Okay, so it has nothing to do with wearing a funnel on your head. Why, of course not. Hey, Bill, where are you going? Back to the hardware store to return these funnels. As the drama depicts the V principle, but I want to leap back for a second. Mm -hmm. Love, not freedom, is the highest principle. Uh, We miss this so much of the time. If we go back all the way back to what's the problem in every relationship? Me. That's right. It's you. It's always you. Except I got an email where somebody was saying, my wife said I need to talk to you because you're the problem. (laughs) That's right. Yeah. The problem is we make everything about me. In other words, yourself. And notice how that will distort our view of this valuable issue of grace or freedom. If I'm making life about myself, I'm therefore going to demand that you serve me. And that's what God is saying don't do when he gives us Galatians 5.13. Basically paraphrased, you have freedom, this wonderful thing that I've given to you, but don't use it on yourself. Use it to serve and love others. Serve them and seek the best and pursue the best for them instead. Going back into that, our me flashing drives us to use that wonderful value for ourself. God is saying, no, there's a better way to do this. Put freedom underneath love, which then does what to my freedom? It actually limits my freedom. When I am loving, when I'm pursuing the best for others, patiently, kindly, sacrificially, and unconditionally, what am I doing? I'm limiting my own freedom so that I would actually pursue your best. So this isn't a case about being a martyr and look how much I'm suffering so I love you. This is really a case of putting my needs aside, not thinking about me, but rather focusing on 
pursuing another's best. Just think about those terms. Look at me. I'm a martyr. I'm trying to pursue your best, you know, sad face and all this. Other. Guess what you're doing? You're making life about me. <laughs> you don't realize that. You think you think that you're actually pursuing the best for somebody else. But I'm digging that. I'm loving you by making it all about me. That's exactly what we do. We miss how much our me flashes, even in those moments that we think we're doing the right thing. I'm, I'm, I'm just gritting my teeth here and just trying to serve and love you. Well, that's actually making life all about yourself. That's that reminds really- me of a cat. You know, anybody that's ever had a cat, the cat will sit there and it'll actually look back to see that you can see it showing you its back, that it's ignoring you. <laughs> that's right. Th- this is me serving you. <laughs> that's right. And that's what we end up doing too much of the time. So then how does this get me to the V principle? Because the V principle is a great way for you to make this very practical, to make this fit you. Uh, the whole concept of love and freedom fit together. What we have with the, uh, the idea of the V principle is if you would just draw a V in your mind, or if you have a piece of paper, you're driving a car, obviously you can't do that. Draw a V and the V lines, the lines that shape the V actually are what we would classify as boundaries. Okay, so you have the V shape and you have these two lines of the V and those are the boundaries. Outside of the V shape is consequences. To the left and to the right. Outside the the V are consequences. What do you think is inside the V? If outside the V is consequences and the lines are actually the boundaries, what is inside the V? That would be me. (laughs) Of course, it's always you. (laughs) No, it's freedom. Freedom is inside the V. Okay, so I've drawn a V. Inside the V is freedom. Inside the V is freedom. Outside the V is consequences. So any, this is the way that, that we want to be thinking about our relationships, especially if you're leading, and it really works well when you're dealing with children, but it works well with anybody. You have the bottom of the V would show the minimum amount of freedom, Right. Okay. That would be the minimum amount of freedom. Now, what do we need in order for the freedom for any individual to go from the bottom moving up so that there's expanded freedom? So I've got a V outside the V, left and right. I've got consequence inside the V. My V is full of freedom down towards the base where it's tightest. That's the least amount of freedom. And then up towards the top of the V where it's widest, that's the most amount of freedom. Good, good explanation. That's exactly what I'm wanting you to think. So how can I, as an individual, go from the bottom and move to greater freedom? What does that require of me? Here's the last little piece of information I want you to draw for me. Start at the bottom of the V and draw an arrow straight through the middle up to the top and have the top of the arrow uh, at the top of the V, in other words. Okay. So, so have an arrow going up in the V. And that arrow represents self-governance. Now think about that word, self-governance. What's a better, what's another word, not a better word, I like self-governance personally. What's, a, what's another word for self-governance? Self-control. Self-control. And or what, control of self. Control of self. You're, you've got all that great terminology. And where do we get control of self or self-governance? I know this one. It's a fruit of the Spirit. It is a fruit of the Spirit. So if Because you, you said self-governance, and I was going to say I lost that election. <laughs> <laughs> so if we want the maximum fruit, 
freedom in our life, we need to have a maximum amount of self-control. Notice how that works. I'm actually limiting my own freedom to do things in order to be allowed more freedom with the people around me. That's how that would typically work. How do I get self-governance. I respect boundaries. I am accountable for the things that I do. I don't need as much supervision because I'm learning things. You need learning. You need to be uh, understanding how things work in order to have the maximum amount of freedom. So that is the way you can be thinking about a child. For instance, if you had a child that was very young, you would have them at the bottom of the V, right? Right. And as they grow, you're helping them determine how to make choices in their own life. Self-governance increases and you give them some more freedom. That's how it would typically work. So we would actually do that in a leading capacity. We could actually do that in any relationship. But the difficulty is you want to make certain that you're not controlling from the viewpoint of trying to prevent somebody from doing the the, the real ideas of self-governance. Thank you, Herman. And we can learn more about Freedom Chapter 8, specifically today's discussion in Section 2, taking the stress out of your relationships by making them great. That's greatrelationships.com, GR numeral 8, relationships.com. Great quotes for great relationships. The heart of a relationship is to know others for who they are and still accept, value, and love them. R.C. Sprawl. Great relationships, pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. Right thinking, right relationships, right now. You don't have to sing the blues about today's issues. Learn to think biblically with Worldview Academy's Bill Jack with simple tools for brain surgery. During Worldview Academy summer camps, we train students to share their faith by using a survey based on the Ten Commandments. It starts like this. How many of the Ten Commandments can you name? Most people quickly name all the don'ts, such as don't steal, lie, murder, However, people nearly always miss the first commandment. That's right, one God. If they miss that one, then all the other rules fall by the wayside anyway, right? One of the habits people develop in suppressing the truth of God is denying that God is. They do not honor God as God. Is your view of Christianity merely a religion of don'ts, or do you honor God in everything you do? Another simple tool for brain surgery. To add more tools to your kit, call 1-800-2411-123. And we're back. Greatrelationships.com. That's GR numeral 8. Relationships.com is the website. Or find us and like us on Facebook at GR8 Relationships. Notice no comments, Facebook. I'm trying to figure it out, Herman. Yeah. Before the break, you were talking to us about self-control, control of self. Is self-control a good control? Well, yes, it is, especially if you turn the word around, control of self. Now, the real contrast, if you want to consider 
the problem and the solution. Remember the basics of the course, the basics of great relationships, the problem, making everything about me, the solution. Making it about others. Making it about others, pursuing their best. Self-control is part of the solution control of self because if you're controlling self you're not going to have your me flashing the me flashing moment if you want to contrast the word self-control or self-governance the contrasting word is self-absorbed self-sufficient self-dependent those are the type of words that you'd have on the problem side so what we want to be doing one of the most important things that we teach in great leaders the great leaders program is to maximize self-governance of the great leader and for that leader to be teaching self-governance to each person that is part of their group so that they, if you have greater self-governance, what's going to happen to the people in the group if they have greater self-governance? They become more productive. Absolutely, they'll be more productive because they've gone beyond just complying to committing to getting the goal done. And they're giving more of themselves because they're not just complying with your edicts. They're not just complying with what you're saying has to be done. They're wanting to help get to get to the goal. Okay. Well, this is kind of scary in its implication because we just moved over into the leadership side of the house, mm-hmm. right, where we are empowering and equipping others. Mm-hmm. And over there, I spent a lot of time studying, realizing I had this whole John Wayne leadership concept yeah. going on. And now I'm thinking, if I bring that back, are you telling me I might have have like a John Wayne concept of love? Well, <laughs> where I'm taking away freedom, I'm just commanding and directing? No, well, that is the typical way that we think all things get done. If we can berate them or shame them. A bigger hammer. That's right. Then they'll get things done. What we're telling you is with the V principle, you're understanding that self-governance is the key. Self-governance, giving people more understanding about what the end result needs to be, giving them the choice to go over the boundary or not, and letting them serve the consequences if they do. Isn't that how God deals with me? Yes. He does. And what he is constantly saying to me is, Herman. Just obey my word. Just just do what I ask you to do. And as I obey, what happens? Greater self-control or greater self-governance occurs. But God gives us that freedom unconditionally. Why do we give freedom? And what happens to us when we do it? Well, let's let's I'm not gonna answer those questions. <laughs> okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna go back to the example of what God is doing for us to make certain that we understand what's happening with his V principle. God gives us the maximum freedom as we operate within the boundaries of what he has asked us to do, correct? Yes. In the Garden of Eden, what did he what did he do? He said, of every tree you may eat, but don't eat of that tree. That is a that is that is maximum freedom. There's only one thing that they weren't supposed to do, right? But if you if you cross that boundary, what happens? Consequences. And this is one of the things that I did not So do. that's why the V works that way. The V is best because as you are getting into any new job, in spite of the fact that you might have a great amount of self-governance, you need to learn some new things, and therefore the boundaries around you need to be tight. As I learn, then I'm able to move up the self-governance 
arrow, and therefore I get more freedom. And that's the way we need to be thinking about our children. You need to be thinking about your children from the viewpoint of giving them less freedom because they don't understand how things are working at a young age. Then as they learn, you need to be giving them more freedom. But always, here's what I ended up not doing well. I never tended to cause the consequences to be consistent. And if you don't have consequences that are consistent, clear expectations, clear consequences, and allow them to experience the consequences, then they're not understanding how crossing the boundary is a bad thing. Okay, so help me with this, because you had both boys and girls. Mm-hmm. Is that what you mean, that there wasn't a consistency with consequence? You were harder on your son than maybe you were your daughter's? No, it was, it was basically the same for both of them. I wasn't clear on the consequences for either one of them. And therefore, crossing the boundary wasn't that big of a deal. God is not that way. When you cross the boundary, you will experience consequences. You will experience at least not walking with him, and therefore you're going to be walking in darkness and not understanding how, li- how life really works. So what we will be having a chance to do here is make certain that the lines, the V is very clear. Here's my expectations. Here's the boundaries. You can't go beyond these boundaries. When you walk past those boundaries, here's the consequences that you're going to end up serving, so to speak. And as long as you stay inside the boundaries, you got maximum freedom. That's how it works. So the V principle is a nice little tool to use in every situation where you're especially leading or you're trying to help a group work together or work with a friend. Okay. So I'm starting a new job. I have little freedom until I actually start to learn what the consequences of my actions might be. Right. Okay. I'm learning a new skill. Say I'm learning how to fly. Mm-hmm. You're keeping me close to home until I understand the consequences of the inputs of the aircraft, weather, et cetera. And you have a pilot sitting in the other seat right next to you, right? That's that's the maximum amount of keeping you with without freedom. And then finally, once you learn enough, he steps out and you fly on your own. That's the concept of the V principle. As you understand and grow in your own self-governance and your knowledge and your experience, you are therefore able to experience greater freedom. That's, that's how God is actually working with us. He's asking us to obey him. Just obey what I have to say here, Herman. Just do it my way. As I obey him, I learn how his ways actually are better than my ways. I am therefore controlling myself from his spirit controlling me, and I actually have more freedom to do life within the boundaries, and I have no desire to cross the boundaries. If I'm planning a party for the holidays or something, I may put a couple hours of effort in for some, I may put more time in preparation in the event itself. Mm -hmm. Yet when it comes to relationships, we have no preparation. Right. As parents, what should we be helping with the V principle when it comes to relationships, especially relationships like marriage? Well, what we want to consider most importantly is we, we have a tendency using the V principle, we have a tendency to look at all of our relationships and put them at the very bottom to try to control them. <laughs> That's what we're trying to do. What we, what we probably ought to do with our relationships in particular is consider actually letting them be more toward the middle or toward the top starting out. That's really how we want to consider this in a relationship because it's not something that they necessarily are trying to learn. It's something that you are trying to learn to give them more of, so to speak, give them more freedom because they may have plenty of self-governance. 
Am I allowed to find my boundaries? All of life is very clear and straightforward to know what the boundaries are. How do you know the boundaries? The boundaries are specifically stated in God's Word. We've talked about this before. All of life for your behavior is black and white. It's digital. It's zeros or ones. All of life is. Now, some people will go, well, what about the law of liberty? Well, it turns into black and white also because there's two (laughs) criteria, right? I either eat the meat of idols if I am not offending someone, or I eat the meat of idols if I am have a clear conscience about it. If those two criteria are met, then all of life is black and white. I don't need to pray about whether I'm going to wear black socks or not. I know that I have a clear conscience that wearing black socks is not a sin, and it's certainly not causing anybody around me to stumble, so I don't have to pray about that. I'm not saying to not have a God-honoring mentality about putting your socks on. I'm simply saying all of life is digital the way that you really want to be thinking about it. (laughs) Thank you. You know, right, wrong, or indifferent, the truth is I cannot leave God's sovereignty. I may be out of his perfect will for me, but I can't leave the sovereignty of God, and I bless God for that. If you're like me, you probably need to go back to the website, Great Relationships, GRNumeral8Relationships.com. Check out Chapter 8 and specifically Section 2 on freedom. Again, that's GRNumeral8Relationships.com. Great relationships pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. It takes right thinking for right relationships right now. We'll be back right after this. Great quotes for great relationships. You are not responsible for your family tree, but you are responsible for your limb and the acorns that fall from it. Dr. Marlon Howe. Great relationships, pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. Right thinking, right relationships, right now. Relationships can be great. And not just marriages or romantic relationships, all relationships. The Bible offers the same solution to what is essentially the same problem. What is the problem and what is the solution? Study along with us to find out. Great Relationships is a video course offering biblically-based insight on relationships. In each video, watch Herman tame tough issues by discussing them in a casual online learning environment. Each of Great Relationships' 12 chapters are subdivided into quick segments you can squeeze into a coffee break. So if you've had time to listen to this promotion, you have the time to sign up and start today. Visit our website at greatrelationships.com. That's G-R-numeral-8-relationships.com to sign up for our free newsletter. Pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. Right thinking, right relationships, right now. And we're back, greatrelationships.com, GRNumeral8relationships.com, the website. We're talking in Chapter 8, Section 2 on Freedom. Herman, before the break, I was asking you about defining boundaries, and you said, well, Paul, that's clearly in God's Word. Young people, or even old people acting young, we (laughs) tend to test those boundaries. Does that mean we're tempting God? Well, yeah, with what we often do is look at God and basically say, you know, God, did you really mean it this way? 
And therefore, we just end up going off and doing it against what God's word is saying. Yeah, you end up testing the boundaries. That's a silly thing to do, because here is the God that is perfect in all that he does. And he is very clear that says, if you go outside these boundaries, you will experience these consequences. Now, does he allow that? This is the key, because as human beings working with another individual, even children, do we allow people to go outside the boundaries? Control people don't want that to happen. Control people are trying to prevent people from going past the boundary. Makes sense, because control people control people. That's exactly right. And you're trying to prevent them from going over the boundary. And when they do, you're trying to figure out a way to get them back inside the boundary as quick as possible without them experiencing the consequences. That's not going to work. Because I love them. That's right. God allows you to walk across the boundary and experience the consequences of your own free will. He allows that to happen because he knows that if you experience the consequences, you may not want to go back there. You also have the other option, which is if you continue to do it your way, he's going to give you over to that and let you experience the worst consequences that can be happening, which is give you over to your own self continually, as we see in Romans chapter one. So yes, those boundaries are very clear according to God. You will want to potentially test them. Well, God's going to allow you to do that. He, in fact, is so cool that he's going to allow you to stay outside that boundary as long as you want. And he's not going to make you come back in. What if my spouse or someone I love is asking me to cross a boundary I know is wrong? Well, then God is the key, not you, not them. God is the key as to what is being stated here. Now, we're going to talk about that a lot when we get into this submission issue, talking about how submission works. But God, God is the key element. If you're violating what he says, you can't do it. You are to step back from that. That is the way God has specifically asked us to consider this. Now, one of the things that I want to kind of take a, a jump here, uh, kind of away from the uh, V principle, to make certain that people understand this, because we haven't mentioned this enough. We've talked a lot about control. We've talked a lot about freedom. But I haven't told you and given you a real good reason why you want to be doing freedom as opposed to control. Well, here's the big issue. I've said it before. There's going to be a tremendous amount of energy that's going to come back into your life when you stop controlling other people. You're going to start seeing life differently. You're going to have an attitude toward people that is more generous, so to speak, more gracious, because you're basically putting up with mistakes more. You're allowing them to live their life according to the way that God is allowing you to live your life, which is, I make a mistake, I confess it, I get back in the relationship that I have with him. That is the key. If we don't understand how freedom allows you to enjoy people more, to be more thankful for for life in general. If you don't understand that, you're missing out of the huge benefits of freedom as opposed to control. Freedom is our friend. Control is not our friend. It's our foe. Okay, you've got me thinking about your testimony, which is also on the website. Is that what happened? That's exactly what happened. What 
happened in 91 is I still didn't understand this freedom issue. Not until 1999 did I start understanding this freedom issue as taught by Robert Fritz and then getting into God's word and going, oh, that's exactly what God is saying about grace. He's saying I'm to be looking at others and not judging them because I was tied up in knots about judging other people, not spending the time to look at my own life. And once I started understanding freedom, I was able to look at other people and have a less judgmental heart. I'd love to be able to say I don't have a judgmental heart. That is not true. I do. I still do. And only by God's grace do I have less of a judgmental heart for other people. But it's given me so much more energy to be able to deal with other people rather than writing them off. That's what I tended to do in the past. If you didn't do it my way, write you off. I'd go find somebody who did it my way because I didn't have time for you. That's... (laughs) Can you just imagine that attitude? How sick. I look at my own life and go, how sick. Can I imagine it? I'm getting cold chills. (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly right. And that's what, what we don't see is that freedom is something that people gravitate toward. You you encourage people to be with you when you're allowing them to be themselves. When you're asking them to be something different, demanding that they be different, you're actually driving them away from you. But if you've always controlled me and now you start giving me freedom, I'm going to think you don't love me. That's exactly what will happen. That's ha- what's happened in uh, Louie and I's relationship until she started understanding, I sincerely meant this, that I really was going to accept her the way she was. And when you've been a control freak... Up to that point in time, you basically weren't doing that. You weren't willing to accept somebody as they were. You were only accepting them based on their behavior. On compliance, and Mm -hmm. we don't do that. Mm -mm. Herman, bless God. I thank you, and I bless God for you, for the testimony, your life, you and Louie, your living testimony. Thank you that it bless us. And if you're wondering, no, this isn't a course where you get a certificate. It becomes a lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Until next time. Listen up, team. We're about to make some much-needed changes to extreme control racing. We're going to start right at the top with a new name, Freedom Racing. Well, what else are we changing? I'm glad you asked. We're going to slow down. What in tarnation? Slow down? What kind of racing team slows down? I don't mean on the track. I mean in our relationships. Remember that time when I got upset because I didn't think you'd have the car ready in time for the next race? When the reality was, you had the car in tip-top shape in plenty of time. I sure enough do. From now on, God's in control. No more imaginary fears. I want to start focusing on now. Where is our race next weekend? We don't have one next weekend. It's Billy Bob's wedding. What can I do to help? He sure could use some help working that word NASCAR into his wedding vows. I think I'm busy that weekend. Join Herman as he invites you to allow freedom into your life so you won't have to be busy when your friend is getting married, even if he wants to have the word NASCAR in his wedding vows.